0: Welcome one, welcome all. You are in the WordPress shop and your wonderful hosts Adam and Colleen are here to guide you through answering all of your questions about WordPress. This is a topic that Adam and Colleen both love geeking out about. They are here for it. I'm Colleen LaMasters of Colleen LaMasters Creative, and I specialize in WordPress websites, both design and development. I use thoughtful strategy to create beautifully crafted and optimized websites that are also easy to manage on a day-to-day basis for my clients. Adam Miggetts, located in South Carolina, is a web developer focused on integrating custom functionality to websites. Now let's jump into the episode. Okay, good morning, good morning. Back in action. Woohoo!
1: I made it. You'll laugh. There's a uh, being too quick uh, when I got, I kept getting an error earlier today. I'm like, what do you mean? Static function is not defined. I have the stack function. You know, what I did. I called the stack function and I forgot to put the parentheses. I just put the name, name of the, the function the method. <laughs> Oops.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Typo. Um, yeah. Oops. <laughs> I've done that before. I'm like, why isn't that working? Or I'll like, I'll forget the, like a bracket or something. And I'm like, ah, oh. That's just silly. Just sloppy work. I, I need to be more careful because I get so excited. I get caught up in like, oh, I figured out how to make it work. And then I do. I get sloppy with my code. So yep. I totally understand.
1: <laughs> and I, well, I do a lot of copy and paste because, you know, I reuse all that stuff. And so if I don't copy the whole thing, then I'm like, oh, it's, it's fine. It'll work. So I'm just copying and pasting. But again, I only copy and pasted, you know, part of the line and I missed it. So <laughs> Right. Oops. No, I know. Oh, well, it's all right. You got it solved.
0: Yesterday I had an issue where I was trying to do a custom post type and which I've done a million times before. And this is a particular ones for a real estate firm. And so I was doing a agents, real estate agents, custom post type and could not figure out, this was like almost embarrassing that I'm even sharing this. So couldn't figure out why I was not able to see the featured image, even though I had enabled the thumbnail in the supports for the custom post type. It was on my local host which i have like a bunch of like half designed themes in various stages on my local host site i went through you know subsequently later that morning or before i started the the custom post type project and i was like kind of cleaning things out getting rid of old themes that i'd like since moved to the client's live site and that i didn't need so the reason my thumbnail my featured image wasn't showing up in my custom post type I had an inactive theme selected as my active theme. Like I had gotten rid of the theme files, but didn't switch the theme on my local install. And was like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Like, why isn't this working? And it was just like a stupid housekeeping thing. I wasn't keeping good tabs on my... On my theme, so. So the Hopefully active maybe. theme
1: is the one that called, made the call to that to, to display the featured image.
0: No, no, it was actually in a plugin, but because the active theme wasn't there, and I hadn't changed it to an active theme that I had available, like it was like essentially like a broken theme that I was trying to use to show oh, it. Oh, I, I see. Like, Why won't this show up? And just because I just didn't follow up on my housekeeping very well, so shame on me for doing that. Anyway. I want to say good morning to everybody as we dive in Adam and I were just sharing some some stories on our on our our WordPress adventures but uh, thank you guys so much for joining us I really like if you're just starting out with WordPress and you're trying to just get familiar with it WP beginner is a great resource they will give you a lot of solutions for I mean, like, you know, here's how you can set up a custom post type. I mean, like it's, it goes from very basic, like, here's how you set up your settings all the way to things like custom post types and then beyond. And they, they recommend different plugins that you can use. If you're not comfortable coding things out yourself, they show you how to achieve the goal with plugins, which is always nice. So I would start with, with that website. And then also, I mean, frankly, there's, there's things that you want to know how to do the WordPress codex is really a great resource. It's, it's got a lot of documentation in there. I mean, I, I used it this morning just on, you know, trying to figure out how to change again with the custom post types, but how to change something that said view posts to view agents, cause I wanted to, you know, customize that. So the codex will give you a lot, but I definitely recommend literally just starting out, trying to get, get comfortable with it. WP Beginner is a really, really good resource. You know, I do love Clubhouse, especially in the height of the pandemic when my my outside communication was so limited. It was a it was a really, really amazing resource. But working in web design and and such a visual medium that it it can be tricky to try and help because you're trying to talk people through step by step using using words when it's such a visual medium. So If we can figure out how to do some you know website tutorial with like webinar where you can actually see and like follow us along so i think it will make sense i mean i know i don't know but i presume that most people are visual learners and so the moment they see you do something it's going to make a lot more sense so adam i'm super excited about that and i'm really hoping well we'll put it on our list of of things we have we have a pretty robust list of cool things we want to try so we'll put it on our list but i really want to bump that to the top because i think it could be a really really nice feature and hopefully really helpful for people yeah i'm excited about that because i haven't really really done much of that um, any of the live stuff so i guess i'll put on makeup that day fine but (laughs) (laughs) um i think it would be would be a nice nice feature to put it out on various platforms and things like that so hopefully that will be helpful but Again, YouTube does have some great, great tutorials, but frankly, part of the problem that I find with a lot of these tutorials is I don't necessarily know the keywords that I want to search for to achieve what I'm looking for all the time. Like what I may put in for a search term is not at all what it's called, you know, and some people refer to little pop-up windows at, you know, they could be considered pop-ups, they could be considered. What is it? Model, modal, modal, M O D A L. How does yeah say modal it?
1: window modal
0: windows? Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny that you you put something in. Like I was looking the other day for uh, gravity forms. Adam knows how much I love gravity forms. But gravity forms puts a confirmation for the user. So hey, thanks for submitting your form. Whatever they put it right where the form is on the page. And so it sometimes can get missed if it's embedded in the middle of a page or something like that. So I was looking for a pop-up gravity forms, confirmation kind of thing, but I wasn't finding much. And then I changed it to a modal pop-up for, and then suddenly like the light bulb went off and it was like, there were all the solutions that I needed for doing something like that. So it just goes to show you that you may not always recognize what, you know you know what you want it to do but it sometimes can be hard you may not recognize um how to search for it so if there is any kind of functionality that you're not sure about feel free to ask us and maybe we can think of a different way to search for it because i always you know i'll i'll ask adam certain things from time to time and he'll be like oh you mean this i'm like yes that's exactly what i mean thank you so you know it, it helps helps to run it past and uh have other people be your sounding boards for sure <laughs> one of the best ways to start with your website is to think about what what do you want it to do what are the goals of your website right and then from there you can kind of bite off smaller chunks of okay well if we want it to do x we need it to have y functionality so i think that is you know between adam and myself i i think we could probably get a, a plan put together for you good questions today so i always love when something pops up, especially if it's something that I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about how to do something like that before. Cause then it starts getting my my creative brains, the juices flowing. So um over in the chat, we actually have you had asked a question about changing the colors on your theme, like adding a band of color across a page or you know a banner and adding text in the color. So it looks like you said you were using the astra theme. It really depends on where you want to change the color. So, you know, WordPress, if you are using the, what they call the Gutenberg editor in WordPress, or if you are using uh, the block editor, same thing, or, you know, I think they're trying to move away from the term Gutenberg, which was, you know, a couple of years back when they first launched, and now it's block editor. So if you're using the block editor, what you can do is if you have text in your content area, so this would be specifically in posts and pages and things like that, and for the block editor, not quite as certain how to do it although i know there is a way in elementor and some of the other page builders but in the block editor you can highlight your text and in that paragraph block or in that header block you have the controls for text colors on the right hand side so if it's just you know you want to make a particular block of text a certain color you can do it by uh, using that block editor color picker that they have and it's usually on your right hand side um, in those those block properties I guess you would say in those block options and you can change the color that way and then if it comes to like you know a header color like let's say you have a banner color above your uh that sometimes can be in
1: your theme so if you're again if like if you're using the the blocks like Colleen was saying you can go actually click on instead of like the actual text block you can click on the column I think they call it columns the actual column block and do the same thing. You can change the background color, which changes the entire background of that specific column. Or you, you, sometimes they call that as a row as well. It's basically a section, uh, and then change it that way. But which? So, what kind of editor are you using? Okay, so Elementor. So if you click, as, as granted, I have not used Elementor in a little bit, but as far as I remember, it's similar thing. So if you if you're in the Elementor page, you can actually click on the actual container. And I think you have to right-click. I'm not sure—is it a right-click or a left-click? And it should bring you up a little side menu that says, uh, I think, design or layout or something. So when you click that, then it opens up on the left side there, you know, the, all the options. And one of them should be, and then you the tab over to design, and then you should be able to have a ch- chance to change change color of the actual section, which should change everything in there, like background color, for instance. So whatever is inside that section uh, called section i think elementary section it'll have you know change the entire like that whole background color will be like red say and then that'll be that and then anything inside of it will have their own thing so if you want to make you know make sure if it's if it's um something coming that's not like you know coming out that's like white or something that's not you know a different color than the actual thing look at the actual element block and then do the same thing go to the design and change it to transparent so that it, it feeds, you know, it'll make sure it gets it from the, uh, the background, which is the, the next layer, which is the entire, um, you know, that whole section.
0: Of course, I was trying to quickly hop on, um, your website to see if I couldn't, cause again, being so visual, I apologize. I was trying to see if I could load up so I could have a better understanding of, but Adam did a great job. So uh, <laughs> I tip my cap to you because I think that's a, it's tricky when you are using those page builders and even in, in the block editor as well you have to kind of walk back. You start at like the most local element, and then you know get that situated, and then you step out to like a parent element, you know, behind that, and then you kind of address those design changes, you know, if you that background color and that sort of thing, and then kind of walk it back until you get to a, a larger, larger view of the section, and um, hopefully, hopefully, that will help you in your your designing of your site.
1: Yeah, Div- and, and I joke with Divi because Divi and I have kind of a love-hate relationship. We so Divi is great. I mean, it came out, when it first came out, it was like this great thing. It was like drag and drop with different sections you can you know customize it really nice nicely. But as they grew, in my opinion, they got just very bloated it was kind Mm -hmm. of slowed everything down and it just really aggravated me um to the point where they eventually have to sleek it down again and i don't think they're at that point but i'm sure they will be because it's one of their most popular uh build builder themes so i think it'll get better but divi i mean it's got a lot of functions it's got a lot of design um and they do the same thing as i was saying before with elementor they have when you go into the the edit mode using divi editor you can you know click on the the, the actual section, mm-hmm. and then they have sections and rows. I think just they still call it section rows, and then uh, the elements within that. And if you if you click on you know the actual options of that, the actual right. section, you can you can go into the design and change what I was saying before with the Elementor.
0: You know what you can do is if you do want to keep it private until it's ready for prime time, you can use there's a plugin that I use frequently called Scene Prod. You can put that plugin on. on your live site. And once you you know, you activate the plugin, but then you go into the settings and you can enable it. And from there, you can put up a like coming soon page or under maintenance kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. you can work on it in real time. And as long as you're logged into WordPress, then you'll see your work as you go. But Mm -hmm. anyone else who's not logged in that Mm -hmm. landing page. Yeah. So if you do want to make it so that way, Google knows like, hey, don't, you know, don't look at this site until we're ready kind of thing. I would recommend doing that. And then as far as like kind of first steps getting started, uh, yes, backup. That's always a good one, but also some basic settings in WordPress. So when you go into the WordPress install, it doesn't matter what theme or how many plugins you have or anything in the general settings, there are some things that you want to check out. For example, you want to check the box dashboard of your WordPress install, you go into settings, and then you go into general. And within general, it'll have like the site title and your tagline. And usually the site title is something that you set up when you installed WordPress or when your Mm -hmm. host installed it. But then the tagline, I would recommend some themes show it, some themes don't, but I would recommend putting it in Better to have it there and not use it than to have it have just another WordPress site show up somewhere where you so you put that one in. And then I also change the time zone because it usually defaults to like universal time or something like that. So put your time zone in and then go ahead and save those changes. So once you have kind of that admin stuff done and then go into the reading, which is also under settings. So it goes settings and then you have general, you have writing, reading, that sort of thing. And under reading, there is a search engine visibility checkbox, uncheck that box <laughs> for starters. So we don't want to discourage the search engines. And then another thing that will help Google know you're around will be if you have a lot of times WordPress refers to it, it's pretty permalinks. You may have heard that term bantered about in your Google searches. But the permalink section, which is also under settings, you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and make sure that you have a, you know, a really, a nice user-friendly link structure set up. And the permalinks is where you can do that. And so what I recommend is either doing the, the common settings, they give you like some templates ready to out of the box. You just have to like check the radio box for which one you wanna use. And I usually recommend either the month and name, if you're gonna be producing content that's more time sensitive and like news kind of stuff, Or just go with the post name structure, which is just like, in my case, it's clcreative.com slash post title, my cool title, you know, whatever it is. So there's no date, month or anything like that in there. So either if that's exactly it. So go change your permalink structure and do that before you gain any kind of traction on Google, because once you change the permalinks. That means that, you know, once Google has picked up your old structure, you don't want them to to pick up something that you're not going to use anymore. So go change your permalink structure to something like post name. And then, then once you have that all set up, and once you have the content loaded on your site, then you can go and hook your site up. Like what this would be like the right, the last step before you launch your site and go live with it. But you want to let Google know you exist. And so the best way to do that is it's twofold. Number one is to set up google search console i think it used to be called webmaster tools possibly but google search console gives you an opportunity to proactively tell google you exist and you can submit a site map which i highly highly recommend you do and it will then crawl your website and give you some tips on how to improve things or like hey this is a red flag google doesn't like this content is too thin. So if you ever see something about thin content, it means there's not enough words. It's not, you know, try and get maybe like, I don't know, 250 to 300 words, and then uh, make sure you're using some of your strategic keywords and things like that as much as possible. And then the other thing that I would do would be to install the Yoast plugin there. They also serve a great purpose. I'm more familiar with Yoast their free version works fine i've never had a a need for their pro version but the yoast plugin will also give you some pointers on how to optimize your website for google and then the other element that I would do, and again, this is all stuff to let Google know that you're out there, mm-hmm. would be done when you are ready to launch. So, yeah. you know, kind of a last last step before you go live. I would also take a look and run your site through a website like Metrics, which is GT and then metrics is M-E-T-R-I-X, GTmetrics.com, because they will also give you some tips on how to optimize your site. And they handle more they they're like talking about technical SEO and so this is like hey is your code optimized is your site fast so because there's so much to SEO it's such if you think of SEO as kind of like a bicycle wheel with spokes there are different spokes that all contribute to your SEO and so there's technical SEO which is you know how your website's coded and the speed and things like that there is on page SEO which you know how great is your content you know how how relevant, how appropriate is your content for the the audience and how much does it help them. And then there's off-page SEO, your social media profiles. Link back to your social media profiles. Have them displayed on your website. You know, have your your Facebook or your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever those might be, your Pinterest boards, LinkedIn, because all of that just gives you more, more relevance in the eyes of Google. So those would be mm-hmm. some great things to do uh, when you're ready to go live.
1: Also, Colleen mentioned the image naming.
0: Yes. Oh, right. right, right, right. Yes. Definitely. When you upload images to WordPress, make sure before you upload them that you have renamed them. That's something number one user friendly. So it's like not IMG underscore 271. So fill in that, that alt text WordPress makes it really easy. When you upload an image, they give you a box, a little text box that you just fill in that alt text. Number one, alt text helps with accessibility. And so a visually impaired person has some sort of assistive technology on their computer and it reads that, that alt text to them so they understand what the image is. It's obviously they can't see it, but also Google can't see the image either. And so they rely heavily on the alt text images about. and then But also your file names. So your file names, I try and do mine for as an example, uh, CL Creative, Dash, Website, dash, you know, client name, homepage JPEG, something like that. So it's a descriptive file name as well. And then also keep in mind with images, just kind of from an optimization standpoint that WordPress and out of the box will create different wor- different image sizes for you on the fly. So if you upload a image that's say 2,400 pixels wide by whatever height ratio, whatever they will then automatically create what they call a large version of that. I think by default, it's like 1048 or 1024 by whatever height, 768, maybe. I forget, but they will create these thumbnails for you. So before you get involved with uploading your content, you may want to go to back to those, those settings on your dashboard install. And then I mentioned you have general, you have writing, you have reading, you have discussion, which is comments. So you can turn comments off and on on a global, you know, and like make sure that you're moderating them before they just go live. But then there's also a media settings. And in those media settings, you can dictate what size thumbnails, even though I know thumbnails, such a, a, you know, everyone thinks thumbnails like a small little thumbnail picture, but that is the word that WordPress uses for all these different file sizes. You can dictate what file size you want. So, Google will automatically make you a thumbnail size that's one hundred and fifty by one hundred and fifty, and they will crop to those exact dimensions. And you know they'll crop on the center focal point. There's a medium size where the max height is three hundred and the max width is three hundred, and you can change all those. So there's little buttons in there that's you know they can they can dictate what image sizes they're going to create for you so that way that when you are in your post and let's say the content area when when you're on a page or post is you know it's not a full screen thing you don't need a huge image for it that way you are putting in an appropriately sized image without having to go into your photo editor recrop something re-upload it so i always tell people try and make use of the native wordpress image sizes, because it will save you so much time. You won't have to get into the cropping and all that kind of stuff. Yoast will give you a preview of what they anticipate your um, meta description and everything with that image to look like. And a lot of times you want to make sure kind of on a different note, but make sure you set the featured image for your pages and because that, that is. is what Google will pull for the image to go along Mm -hmm. with your content. So, but within WordPress, you can set those, those alternate image sizes. And like I said, out of the box, WordPress gives you thumbnail, medium and large, but some themes will also create additional image sizes for you because that might be something that fits a specific area in that custom theme. That's something that I do for my clients is. You know, there, I have like a featured blog post and I have a specific image because it goes into a specific area of the site. So you may have other other thumbnails. Um, there's a great plugin if you change themes and you don't want to regenerate or re-upload all of those images in order to get those alternate thumbnail versions that match your new theme. It's called Regenerate Thumbnails. And it's free in the WordPress repository. You just run it and it basically re it takes all of your images that you have in your media library and will resize them automatically. So they are all at your disposal and you have the different sizes that you want to use within your, your content to best fit your content. Cause the beauty of that is that you're not using, you know, huge giant photos in a very, very small use case. So, you know, you're not loading huge photos on a phone, for example, when you don't have the real estate that you do on a desktop. So I know I use Imagify because I also use WP Rocket for my, uh, my caching and, and things like that. And I know that those two play nicely together. So Imagify, Smush, and there is another one. I know a uh, short pixel, I think it is. Is that the other one, Adam, do you remember? Yeah, I could see the little like robot icon and I was trying to make sure that was the the right one. So those are the kind of the the more popular ones. And I believe all of them have free options. And then a pro, you know, if you need more bells Mm -hmm. and whistles, you can pay for the pro version. But, you know, if you don't have something like a Photoshop or Lightroom, you know, photo editor on Mm -hmm. your computer, you know, you can use those for sure. The reason that I prefer that I prefer Elementor or Even more so, my top choice would be the built-in block editor. The reason being because I think that the block editor has really grown. It's come a long way, you know, back when it was a classic editor, which is what I always call the like Microsoft Word, put your title in and then here's just a blank content box with not a lot of room for, you know, Elementor, Divi, they were all great options because WordPress didn't do what we needed to. I think that they are on their way to solving that with the block editor. So I always prefer to use the native, you know, why bolt on extra functionality in a plugin when it's already there for you in WordPress. The other benefit to that is that you are, as, as you grow, as you, you know, change directions or focus in your project, all of those blocks are always going to be supported by WordPress, you know, so it doesn't matter what theme you go to or, Mm -hmm. you know, how the business changes or how your hobbies or interests change. Those blocks will always be there no matter what theme you're using.
1: There's a new feature called patterns and there's other plugins that have other custom patterns and they give you out of the box, Colleen, I think it was what, seven or eight ones default. I forget. But the patterns are basically a collection of blocks to do certain things that when you click and add a pattern, it'll add all of the, Blocks that you need and you just go in and fill out, you know, change out your, your content. No coding, no coding. No coding. It's literally, it's in the yeah. it's within the block editor when you go and edit, uh, edit a page, you click on, when you click on a block, you'll see blocks, and then you'll have a tab that says Patterns. Click on Patterns and you can scroll through Patterns. Um, there are mm-hmm. some other plugins that'll add c- other custom patterns if you don't see the ones you need, but they give you a, just a few out of the box. So when you click on a certain pattern, which is basically a layout, It'll bring it in, and you can see it. But then it has all, all its default stuff, and then just go in and, and just you know click on each you know whatever it is and change that out to your own content. I don't know if the patterns bring in animated like for CSS and stuff. So, I, I, uh, Colleen, do you know the patterns bring in extra CSS stuff? I
0: don't. You know, to be honest, I haven't. I've only kind of started goofing with the patterns, but that might be something where Elementor comes in. Uh, they, yeah, Elementor has reasons, it built
1: in. So does Divi.
0: Yeah, the re- reason I always prefer Elementor over Divi, if I have to pick between the two, would be because Elementor, number one, is very. I know Divi's pretty popular, but Elementor is so widely used, and because it's a plugin, that means that is what would you say, Adam theme agnostic? (laughs) So plugins will work with, you know, not will work guaranteed, but plugins are meant to, to work beyond whatever theme you have installed. And so that's one of my biggest things with Divi is once you start down a Divi road, you are stuck with Divi Otherwise you're right. You'll be taking out all that code later on, if you change and migrate away from Divi. So that's one of the things that that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you want to use a page builder and the block editor in WordPress isn't hitting all of the high notes for you, I lean towards Elementor. I, I just, I've had too many problems with Divi where you want to grow out of it and then you're stuck. So I recommend Elementor, I uh, love the block editor. The only thing I'm not sure about is some of the animation components. They, you know, Elementor might, might have a leg up there. We're always happy to answer questions. I know sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to, you know, I have a very specific question, but no, I mean, bring it on up because you never know when other people might have similar questions. So, and I, I always love trying to solve, especially website, WordPress website problems said, Adam and I have a very robust to do list. But one of the things that we thought might be helpful would be to have that plugin. So when you log into your WordPress editor, right on the dashboard, it can kind of give you some little reminders or, you know, little like, hey, make sure that you rename your image files before you upload, you know, some things like that, that You're like, Oh yeah, they told me to do that. And then I forgot until it was staring me in the face. So hopefully that will be helpful as well. But, uh, we have that coming up. We have the, you know, we're trying to figure out how to, to implement this kind of webinar tutorial sat, um, you know, visual status thing. And, uh, not to mention our other, other plugins that we're using for like batch credit card processing subscriptions, which Adam, I had another client talk to me today. He runs a karate school and he wants all of the the members to be charged on the same day, which out of the box, like WooCommerce subscriptions, for example, they charge on the day the membership starts. So you know, you buy a membership on October twelfth, you get billed on you know November twelfth, or it's a monthly term. And so I need to figure we, out a like a we free, can add
1: right? we can add we can <laughs> add yeah we can add that into the the feature plugin that we're doing as a feature. I mean
0: that would be awesome and and certainly worthwhile cuz i every time i turn around i'm like oh i'm so close to solving this this problem for this client and then i have another client who's like well that's kind of what i need but i need this customization I'm like oh so close okay so adam and i bounce ideas off one another for you know thinking about various things and in fact adam you had a great idea yesterday with because part of this without getting into the nuts and bolts of how we are going into the the batch processing plugin, but think of those box subscriptions, like a HelloFresh or blue apron style where you get like a box of different items every month for a flat fee or for a, you know, a collection of what, you know, a sum of the products in that box. How do you batch process something with a variable collection of products? Right? Well, the other thing that we have to incorporate in is a notification system that says, Hey, so-and-so your box is going to be shipped, you know, in two days, just be heads up and, you know, hope somebody's home to sign for it or what have you, whatever that email message is." Uh, but Adam had a great idea to introduce, the Grammarly API to make sure that you're not, you know, sending out typo filled and, and poor grammar, email notifications to your clients, which I thought I hadn't even thought about that as an option, but that's a cool idea. So you never quite know what you can build with WordPress and integrations. As long as there's an open API to be had, you know, we can tap into it, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Somebody was talking about Jasper AI, uh, which makes generates content for, for people based on, you know, uh, I guess you put in like tags or subject and different things and it generates it for you, but they don't actually have an API, which I was upset about as a developer. I'm like, Oh great. Let me go to the API. And they didn't have one. I was like, no, <laughs> What? Oh, that's such a bummer.
0: Cause yeah, I mean, there was, you know, one of the things that I was talking to a colleague yesterday and he was talking about, a uh, I can't even remember the name. It was like, it was ABM and it was some sort of like targeted marketing that he's been looking into. And it was how to really provide relevant content and not just sending out all of your marketing messages to everyone, you know, whether they might be interested or not. For example, on my my blog on my website, I have some personal stories about, you know, life and my kids. But then I also have WordPress related content or website related content. And you know, I want to target those blog posts, because my mom doesn't care about WordPress. But my customers may not care about reading about my kids. So I want to make sure that I target my my posts. And when I alert you to a new post that it's relevant, right. And so he was talking to me about this targeted marketing. And it really got me thinking about like, how can I, like, what, what are people searching for? And how can I solve, like, I have, I have lots of WordPress knowledge, I'm happy to share it, what do you want to know? And where do I go to find out what people want to know, right? Well, you can think about that from the same perspective for your projects and your businesses and what have you, by looking at Google Search Console, for those, those keyword terms and how people are finding you. And I kind of got excited when I heard about the, what was it? It was Jasper AI. Was that it, Adam? It was the
1: Jasper dot AI. Yeah. Yeah. It it creates the, you put in like the subject and I think you put them put in a description or something else, but then it'll generate the copy based on that. uh, Whatever you put in.
0: Right. And I don't necessarily need them to generate a whole bunch of copy, but I would be interested to kind of like play around with it, to see how it might give me some ideas on what I could blog about. He's been talking recently about the new Google update, the like helpful content update. I don't know if anyone has heard about this, but the reason that I don't necessarily want the AI programs, like writing my blog posts for me is because Google has pushed out this helpful content update and they are basically looking for content that is written by a human right they're going to give the leg up to content that is written by a person as opposed to a bot but that's not to say that there isn't a place for using that that bot to kind of help me get started or give me a kick in the pants on what I should write about given that I have a almost 6 year old and a 3 year old like i'm really concerned about not to go off on a whole tangent but like the fact that they're not learning handwriting in school anymore and like we're, they're using iPads for their stuff. Like I don't get me wrong. Like I make my living off of the web and technology and everything like that. But like, there is so much tech, like how much is too much right now. We're looking at it to write our blog posts. Now we're looking at it to like eventually read stuff to us. So we don't have to like look at where it's, it's a scary proposition well, for me. And I, yeah.
1: No, uh, Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, and we're just basically going into the hieroglyphics, you know, where we, you know, the Amuricons and GIFs, we're doing pictures instead of you know, reading. Go ahead.
0: I see the benefit, but it's a slippery slope, right? I'm with you. No, I'm with you. I think it's it's still, like you said, we still need to try and we just can't rely on, on the robots wholeheartedly.
1: Well, and, and remember, we we we're digital. All these computers, servers, computers. We have computers, but for, you know, we do have our own computer built in called the brain.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I I always have to tell my my son. He's like, well, what's mom? I need a calculator. What's blah 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 plus blah blah blah? And I'm like, buddy, like it's you know six plus six. Like, let's stop and think about this. You know, we're in we're in first grade here, and it's like you don't just have to rely on the phone to look up answers. And, you know, I almost wish I had like an old encyclopedia set that I could, you know, my parents had one. And that's just not, not something that we have at the moment. But, you know, I want to be able to tell them, like, go look it up in a
1: book. Don't
0: rely on technology. Go, go think about other ways to find the answer. Don't just go to the little, you know, device that mom has.
1: Well, even look at, you know, look at Alexa and Google, you know, now we can just say, Alexa, what's six plus six? Alexa, what's eight, you know, what's the weather, you know? So literally we're just asking this device and it's telling us what to do instead of actually thinking.
0: (laughs) I know, I know it's true. Like you think about like using Siri and things like that and the kids, especially like, I mean, I know I'm coming at it from the mom perspective, so I, I apologize. But like I think about like my kids see me doing, you know, asking Siri something And in nine times out of 10, it'll be cause like I'm driving and I'm trying to be hands free or what have you, but you know, the kids pick up on that and like, even like if they look for a a show on Apple TV or something like that, like I wish that they would try spelling it before just speaking into it, you know, like just try spelling, just give it a shot and see how you do.
1: Yeah. Or even, even when they, they can even just, just get disillusioned kids, you know, people can ask Alexa or whatever does Santa Claus is Santa Claus real is the is the uh, tooth fairy real right and so
0: <laughs> it's too funny I haven't ever haven't ever tried it because they're always around so <laughs> interesting idea.
1: yeah it's it's uh you know you go to the moon you know look at like movies like Matrix Terminator you know it's kind of like are you know are, are we letting machines get to that point eventually
0: <laughs> I know it is crazy to think about and it's it's something that you know because here i am like being like oh websites are so great and it, you know and they are they they can do a lot of cool things and but i think that like everything it all this technology needs to be done in moderation and sometimes we swing a little bit too far one way or the other and you know i mean right now we are going like they have the standardized testing for the elementary school kids and my son knows how to read like he can read books like there's not like a stage of reading he's like he's reading but his reading on these standardized tests were in the like single digit percentile and i'm like what like this does not make sense well i found out they are giving the tests on an ipad and we worked really hard to kind of limit screen time and anytime you know he doesn't watch shows on an ipad he can watch them on the big tv you know like we worked hard to not introduce technology that young and now I almost feel like we screwed up, like we failed him because I didn't know that they took standardized tests on the iPad, so he didn't know how to take the test and he didn't score well, even though he knows the material kind of thing. So, you know, this is just the kind of stuff that I think about with technology. And here I am sitting here going, oh yeah, I'm going to make this website. I'm going to do this code and this technology is going to automate this and that and it's great. And it is, but again, you know, like in moderation. So I guess I have to, I swung too far on the like non-tech side.
1: <laughs> and, it, and it comes down to kind of bringing it back to websites and stuff is is you know don't rely too heavily you know I say okay here's a website throw all these plugins all these themes are going to do it automatically and set it and forget it it comes back to what is it that I'm trying what message am I trying to put out onto my website how do I want to do it is it doing exactly what I'm what I want it to do so again it goes back to you controlling your own website.
0: Yes, Adam. Very, very good point. I want to thank you all for joining us. Really great topics today and really, really, again, enjoyed the chat very much. We want to thank you for coming and spending time out of your day here with us in the WordPress shop. Okay, that concludes this episode. Our hosts will return with another topic in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone.